to the Fields of Fantasy Fantasy 5 Podcast with your hosts, Pestel and Ed. So welcome to Fields Fantasy Fantasy Basics, our first guest of the season. We have a mystic Mark Watson who's being billed over on the DFS show. How are we doing, Mark? Not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, we are talking tight ends this week, aren't we? We are indeed the most disrespected position in fantasy football, in my opinion. Yeah, so we're going to go through a few points thinking about, I mean, there's been seasons where we'll have all landed a tight end that we're really happy with in the draft, and then you ride that tight end until the end, apart from your bye week. And then there's other seasons where I think I've had predominantly in most leagues where you are constantly streaming someone until you think you've landed on someone that's going to serve you well, and then it all goes wrong again quite quite often anyway. But, I mean, the the key man is obvious for everyone who's tuning in, is Travis Kelsey. And when we're thinking about where he's been going over the last couple of years, he's been going mid to late first round. Is that about right for a player like Travis Kelsey in our redraft uh, fantasy drafts in the off-season? Well, I in the, um, the start with, with best ball, actually, in the JTT Cup, I took him first round. I think I took him fourth, um, mm. partly just because he... He's historically been in a bracket of his own. He is Kelsey, then there's every other tight end underneath. And I do think that that gap is kind of shrinking as the seasons go on, that the modern day tight ends are essentially glorified wide receivers. Look at the numbers they put up. I think, as you say, with the tight ends, there's the whole every week you kind of feel like you need to stream a new one because you never know who's going to go off and who's going to completely flop. And one week, Taysom Hill will just play quarterback and, and who knows <laughs> who you're picking where. But then we don't do that with wide receivers. We don't pick a Rashi Rice and then next week drop him and bomb him out the, out the team. But there seems to be a bit of a stigma around tight ends that if they fail one week, they go in onto the rubbish heap and we, we pick another one. And I think perhaps it's time to, to be a bit more long-sighted in the tight end position. Absolutely. And when you say Travis Kelsey and then everyone else, I've had a look back over the last four seasons. Uh, so from 2019 onwards, and I've looked at where he sits as a pure receiver. So if we just classified wide receiver and tight ends as receivers, regardless of what they actually build as, he would have been 2019, the receiver 9, 2022, receiver 5, 2021, receiver 10, and 2022, receiver 5. I would say... Up until the last couple of years, he's not been drafted like that. Much more into the mix of the wide receiver twos on the billing, I think. But when you say, and then everyone else, in 2019, he was tight end one, 30 points above second place. So you're averaging just under two points a game better than everyone else. In 2020, 45 points above second place. So nearly three points a game better off. The only season over the last four he's not been tight end one was when Mark Andrews had an absolute phenomenal season. He was 40 points behind Mark Andrews, but 60 points above third place. So nearly four points more a game than the next tight end on the bill. And then last season, 111 points ahead of the second place tight end. So you're just looking at massive, massive numbers there. And some of that for him is the reliability. He misses one or two games at most any season. As you said, where where does that value go? Fourth pick, when you think about the bonus he's given you at tight end, it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Especially last year, 
you'd look at who you were lined up against that week. And if they had Travis Kelsey, you just put it down as a loss straight away because you knew that guy's going to run away with it, score your opposition 40 points, and that's you blowing out the water. Um, and obviously me drafting him fourth was kind of hoping that would happen this season. And admittedly, it hasn't quite. But but talking at the stats and whatnot, I had a look at the overall fancy points um, with everyone in the pile at once, including quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, whatever. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey separately this season so far, I've got more points than Amon Ra St. Brown, Joe Mixon, Jacoby Myers, Michael Pittman, Stevenson, Pollard, Barkley, Devonta Smith. The list goes on and on. There's there's players there. Amon Ra St. Brown is a a second round pick, perhaps third round. Joe Mixon, yes, he had a few monster weeks last last year, but um, he's certainly a third, fourth round pick. There's some big big names in there. Tony Pollard, I think, was going seventh or eighth in some drafts. Yep. And you've got Mark Andrews, who went much, much, much later off the board putting up more points than them. I think a lot of drafts I was in, Mark Andrews went any point during the third round because I was amazed he was still there in the third round and I took him whenever I got the opportunity to. Um, Travis Kelsey is a player that I've never had that many shares in because you assume at some point it's going to drop off. And he's 34. A lot of wide receivers have dropped off by that point. He does seem to be immortal when it comes to his elite production. But Andrews is is a great value then. I think Kelsey goes about where he's fair in the first round. I think Mark Andrews is a significant value where he's going. And this season, we've seen loads of great value at the tight end position later in drafts as well, haven't we? Oh, yeah, 100%. Again, to keep going down the list, you've got TJ Hawkinson, Taysom Hill, got more points than Chris Olave, uh, Christian Kirk and Austin Eckler, and Jameer Gibbs, who I picked very early in, in the draft, way too early as it goes. That was an absolute <laughs> disaster of a pick. Traded him recently, and then he goes off for like 30-odd points in a game. So Mark is not good at fancy, just, <laughs> just for the record. Not so um, mystic, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, not so mystic. No, not anymore. Ever since being given that moniker, it's all fallen off a cliff. Like, it's gone downhill. <laughs> um, but even your Cole Komet, your Sam Laporta, getting more points than Tyler Lockett this season. Like, though, those, it's almost like you don't want to draft a tight end too early because you feel like you're overpaying. I don't think you are overpaying anymore. It's the same with quarterbacks. You never used to take one of those too early. Now you see Mahomes and Allen going quite early in the draft. I think this whole you're overpaying um, stigma is perhaps a bit misplaced these days. And I would say that's especially obvious in Dynasty when it comes to picking up a high-quality tight end. Looking at our rookie tight ends this season, Laporta and Kincaid. Now, Kincaid's really kicked on the last few weeks with the absence of Dawson Knox, and he's grown into that role. So his pace, I think, will pick up over the course of the season. But they're on for potentially historic seasons at the tight end position. Rookie tight ends, historically, only two have ever had a thousand plus receiving yards in a season, ever. Do you know who they are? I, I guess the two that we've already named, Kelsey and Andrews. No, so uh, Travis Kelsey only had one start in his rookie season. So it didn't oh, kind really? of make breakthrough. Yeah, uh, it was only played once in his horrific. first season. I was surprised. I think it's after his third season he's then had, he's been elite from that point onwards. Um, Mark Andrews had a solid first season. His rookie season, he had 552 receiving yards in 2018, 34 receptions. He sits 19th historically. Gronk, 20th, but he only had 546 receiving yards. 
So top of the pile, we have to go back to 1961. Well, I wasn't the Chicago Bears. <laughs> no, Mike Ditka. Oh, okay. And I, I'll be honest, a player I only know from uh, from trading cards and seeing yeah. a crop up in in veteran sets. Second, one of the greatest disappointments of recent fancy times, and you forget how good he was in his first season because of the lack of touchdowns. Kyle Pitts is the no only way. other tight end to have had over a thousand yards in his rookie season with 1,026 off 68 receptions. He's barely had 100 since then, has he? Not well, the so we've, we've spoken a few times on uh, on the Fields Fantasy podcast about uh, Arthur Smith. We are certain hates fantasy football and he's doing it deliberately. It's yeah. a, a, You see lots of people say, well, was Bijan as good as he was? But we've, we've seen the Falcons ruin, well, not ruin, but not get the value we wanted from Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, there is a future. Surely where he's going to be, what we've all been hoping from him. You'd hope so. I think Arthur Smith hates fantasy. He hates Kyle Pitts. He hates this like Atlanta. He hates me. Like if I, I just don't pick Falcons players because Arthur Smith has clearly got a personal vendetta against. Me. He's also, I don't think, a fan of smiling. I've not seen him smile at any point yet this season. As we work down that list, then there's only one other player in the top. 15 who i would say is a recent player and the only one that is currently still active and that is evan engram of the giants in 2017 722 from 64 receptions so put that in context then samuel porter currently 434 yards is on pace for 868 which would make him the fifth rookie tight end for receiving yards of all time he's currently on pace for 86 receptions that would give him the most receptions for a rookie tight end of all time as well. Dalton Kincaid, slow start, but the talent seems to be showing through. On pace for 678 yards would make him have the ninth most receiving yards of rookie tight ends of all time. On pace for 80 receptions, third highest of all time as well. We're potentially at a point where after spending the entire offseason saying you don't get any value from rookie tight ends, it doesn't happen from getting phenomenal value from two rookie tight ends. If you've got those two players in the dynasty league, you're laughing right now, potentially. Yeah, I've just loaded up my um, redraft league. Sam Laporta went midway through the 12th round. Yeah. You wouldn't dream of picking him that late now, would you? Um, Kincaid was midway through the 10th round. You wouldn't dream of leaving him that late now. Um, but a- again, they, they, they show up as tight ends and you just put them to the back of your mind and... Then someone will take a tight end and there's a mad panic to, to get a, what you assume is going to be a bang average one. And they're just not. It's time to look at them as wide receivers. That The modern day tight end is a big, strong bloke, but he's also agile and rapid. Um, and they, they find the paint more often than not. It's a consistency issue, I think, with, with tight ends more than anything. But like I say, yeah. everyone's drafting these rookie wide receivers and rookie running backs and they're holding on to Zach Charbonnet just in case. And now yep. I'm going to Rashi Rice because at some point he's going to break out if Mahomes just stops giving the ball to Kelsey. <laughs> Maybe we need to do that with tight ends. I mean, mentioning Sam Laporta, I've just had a quick look on Sleeper. Draft I did two weeks ago, mid-season draft run by Murph over at Five Yard Rush. Sam Laporta went middle of the sixth, which mm. seems good value. But I think Dynasty, you're probably going to see him go in late third, fourth this off-season potentially because he looks on course to be to be a great talent. I mean, TJ Hawkinson had to leave the Lions to make it as an elite tight end over in Minnesota. Sam Laporta seems to have landed in in Detroit just at the right time, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they're flying at the moment. 
and they are Jared Goff is just whipping the ball around left, right, and centre. With Amon Ra, St. Brown's had a, a couple of knocks, hasn't he? A couple of he's missed a couple of games, hasn't he? So Sam Laporta is kind of the next the next guy down that list. Um, Jameson Williams isn't quite firing like people might have expected, but yeah, he he's there. Kelsey, he's he's phenomenal, and I'd I'd, I'd draft him earlier than the sixth. Given the choice again. I'm having a quick look down as well while we're talking at receptions that Titans currently have received. So top of the pile, Hawkinson with 60 receptions. Kelsey second with 57, bearing in mind the time he's missed as well. Engram 51, Andrews 41, once again after missing some time. So you're looking at Laporta and Kincaid, they're in the mix there as well. But I'm now having a quick look down. That would put them, as far as receptions go, amongst wide receivers. That would put Hawkinson as the eighth most receptions of any receiver in the league, behind only Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Jamar Chase, Puka Nakua, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. So tight ends are getting the volume as well, aren't they? Like you say, the just blocking tight end isn't what teams really want anymore, is it? No, no, they, they want that that dynamic player in a, in what is becoming more and more dynamic position. Yeah, with with JJ getting injured, Hawkinson is is their next down the line. Yes, Addison is is quality, but you know Hawkinson's going to be there. You know he's going to get the receptions. Amon Ra goes down. You know Sam Laporta's there. Diggs goes down. You've always got Kincaid. The these teams that don't like they kind of have a a wide receiver too, but not like a breakout wide receiver too. Not like the Raiders got Jacoby Myers for example. Eagles have got Devonta Smith. Um, Bengals got T Higgins they haven't got that absolute borderline wide receiver one waiting in the wings their next go-to is a tight end and as I say I think they, they need to be drafted like wide receiver twos going forward into next season and I think we're getting to the stage well where we are I'll just think why you're saying that more teams having a proper tandem of tight ends as well think of the way Isaiah Likely uh, in Baltimore is see, saw a significant action last year for a, a rookie tight end this year still involved as well. I mean, just at the weekend, the amount of receptions that went the way of the three Bengals tight ends, the fact that Buffalo was set up to have Knox and Kincaid involved, they're not bothered about fantasy. They're bothered about having yeah. plenty of players disposal and spreading the targets, aren't they? And that gives us more options to choose from. Sometimes muddies the water, um, which, which can be a bit of a nightmare, but gives that variety and gives, especially for DFS, Often on DFS, like you can pick up an absolute bargain at tight end if someone's got an injury as well. Thinking then, head to this week, and our Fancy Five show that we're recording tomorrow to go out on Saturday, we are going to be looking at who people would prefer as a dynasty startup tight end. And we're going to give people the, these four options. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta, or Dalton Kincaid. Now, I think they're probably going to go off the board in that order, despite Kelsey's age. But if you were starting a dynasty team from scratch, where would you go out of those four? I think recency bias is a massive thing, which is why Kelsey will, will keep going first. He hasn't had an amazing season by his own standards, his own very high standards. <laughs> um, but I think people remember getting battered by Kelsey in other leagues and they, they want to yep. be the ones doing the battering going forward. Um, Mark Andrews worries me injury wise more than anything. Um, he does tend to miss a bit of time for, for me, I'd go Laporta. I, I think he is um, the breakout star. Um, as, as you say, with Kincaid, there is the risk of, of the bills throwing it to 
Gabe Davis instead or Shakir's coming on now. I, I think the Lions don't have such impressive depth to receive yeah, the fair ball. Point. So I think Laporte would be would be my go-to. I think I'd probably be inclined to agree as well, unless Andrew's dropped. If Andrew's there in the fourth, I'd probably still go for him. But getting a pair like Laporte, probably, say, late fourth, early fifth, I would guess in the off-season, you've got the chance to build the rest of your roster. You've got a chance to get a good couple of young wide receivers in there as well, which you are passing up if you take Kelsey. And in Dynasty, that would be more of a consideration for me, certainly, than redraft. Just who knows how long Kelsey's going to go on for, though. I completely was unaware until I read elsewhere a couple of weeks ago. Gronk's been out of the league a couple of years now. He's the same age. His, his, oh, body, his, his body's broken down and can't play football anymore. It shows you just how elite Kelsey is, not just a Titan, but just as an athlete. I mean, he's a thoroughly annoying human being every time you hear him on the microphone. He's, he's preparing for a career WWE, isn't he, post-NFL? Yeah, 100%. But yeah. he's such a talent to watch and huge entertainment value as well. And the thing is that the Chiefs, they don't always need to use him because they've got those other options as well. To have that luxury of him is is obscene, isn't it? And same for your fancy roster. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. The, any other team, you'd be worried that like Mahomes has got too many weapons, but he just goes back to Kelsey over and over and over. And no matter who seems to be breaking through and they trade for Kazarius Tony and he might break out, but no, because Kelsey's there and Kelsey's greedy and he's getting all the targets. And he's always open, which is insane. Like, I don't know how defences allow it to happen um, or whether he's just that damn powerful, that damn fast, that damn good, that he just, just makes space. He's... He's a machine to watch, he really is. I think we are lucky to be watching the NFL at a time where there is such an elite option and that's why we're having this discussion. I think you are exactly right. He is undervalued. How long will he be undervalued for? I would imagine until he hangs up his hangs up his cleats. Yeah, until he goes and forms a pop duo with Taylor Swift and they go and tour the world playing Wembley. Oh, I knew. Um, we've, got, we've got just over 19 minutes in and, and Taylor has crept in. Do you know what? The sooner they split up and the NFL stop focusing on it, the better. I'm so sick of hearing about Taylor <laughs> Bloody Swift. I think Pacheco, I think it was, scored the other day. And the camera switched to Taylor Swift. She's got nothing to do with Pacheco. Like, let the guy celebrate. Show that. I don't care about Taylor Swift hugging Britney, whatever her name is, Mahomes. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's my own personal gripe. A whole different show. A whole different show. I'll, we can start again and I'll do you an hour on Taylor Swift. <laughs> Right. Well, it's been a pleasure talking fancy tight ends with you, Mark. I'm sure we will have you back on for uh, for another show in the near future as well. And for our listeners who haven't checked them out yet, make sure you tune in on a Saturday morning for Mark's DFS picks. Uh, great listen. And so, say last week, a whole record about the value of Josh Dobbs that we then went back on and then turned out to be right all along. No one else knew that Josh Dobbs would have that game because he wasn't going to play except for our very own Mystic Mark, who saw it coming. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> right. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, thanks very much for coming on. And we shall Cheers. speak again soon. Cheers, All bye. Right.